from him who from the tree of the cross gives you everything that you need for forgiveness, life, and salvation. From him be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for this morning is our Old Testament lesson from the third chapter of Genesis where the Lord God says to Adam and Eve, have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And then later he says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is our text. For centuries now, Jewish rabbis have been writing midrash. Midrash is a form of writing that fills in the gaps of the story. So when the Jewish rabbis are reading through Scripture and they see gaps, they fill in the gaps with what they imagine might be there. And one of the places in which they do that is right here at the beginning of the Bible itself, in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, where they of the Garden of Eden, especially the two most important trees, and this is what they write. See if you can picture this, this incredible scene in your mind's eye. In every corner of the Garden of Eden, there are 80 myriad species of trees, the most inferior of them being finer than all of the aromatic plants of this world. And in each corner, there are 60 myriads of ministering angels singing in pleasant tones. In the center is the tree of life, its branches covering the whole of the Garden of Eden, containing 500,000 varieties of fruit, all appearance and taste. Above it are the clouds of glory, and it is smitten by the four winds so that its odor is wafted from one end of the world to the other. Talk about a giving tree. In the mind's eye of the rabbi, the tree of life was the greatest and grandest tree of all, the greatest and grandest tree that God had created. It enlivened the senses. It was pleasing to the eye. Its, its fruit was of any and every variety and the most delicious thing you could have ever tasted. And it was a tree whose purpose was only to give the greatest gift of all, life forever. But the rabbis also said that the tree of knowledge formed a hedge around the tree of life so that you had to clear a path for yourself through the tree of knowledge in order to get to the tree of life. And so the purpose of the tree of knowledge was also to be a sort of a giving tree. But according to scripture, this was the one tree from which Adam and Eve were not to eat, if you remember. Not eating of this tree, the tree of knowledge, provided a way for this tree to give. In other words, if Adam and Eve had not doubted God's love for them, his provision for them, his care for them, his love for them, they would have never eaten of that tree. Not eating of that tree would have given them the gift of knowledge that evil existed and that that evil had awful consequences. The giving of that knowledge 
would have then led them to the ultimate giving tree, the the tree of life. Eating of its fruit would have given Adam and Eve physical life in the Garden of Eden forever. They'd still be there to this day. But as you well know, it wasn't to be. The tree that could have given and given some more became the way that life was taken away. The tree of knowledge became a test for Adam and Eve, a test that they failed. And it wasn't the tree that took away. It was Adam and Eve's own sin of doubt, of selfishness, of pride in the human heart that caused them to eat the forbidden fruit of the tree of knowledge. And so their sinful hearts brought death into the world, and we never again hear of the Garden of Eden's tree of life. What once was the greatest and grandest tree of all became a tree that might have now looked like, I don't know, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. That tree, as you remember from the Christmas special, never grew to maturity. It didn't produce any pine cones. It looked very sad. The Charlie Brown Christmas tree reminds us today that no matter how much we try to nurture our own lives, no matter how much we try to produce Christian fruit on our own, no no matter how we try to will our own growth and life as believers, we can never produce anything good for our spiritual life. It's because we have that sinful nature of Adam and Eve in our DNA, inside of us. It's a nature that always wants to take and never naturally wants to give. We we have sinned like Adam and Eve by his provision for us, his care for us, his love for us. We want to take from the giving tree whenever it's convenient for us whenever it benefits us, whenever we have a a greed that far exceeds our needs. But it is so very difficult for us to give. We are by nature takers and not givers. Like Eve and Adam, we, we fall into temptation, we involve others in our sin, we take and fail to give, we disobey God, we do things that lead to ugly and awful consequences, and we think we need a giving tree that looks like the ones that the rabbis described, rather than a tree that looks like the pathetic little Charlie Brown Christmas tree. And in a sense, we're right. We need a giving tree But the giving tree that's most effective doesn't look anything like the tree of life that the rabbis describe in the Garden of Eden. You and I know of another tree, the tree of the cross, an instrument of death. A living tree had long since been uprooted, cut down, cut into pieces, formed into the shape of a cross, and used to put prisoners to death. It didn't seem that fruit would anymore be produced by that kind of a tree. But the tree of the cross became the giving tree that gave more than any other tree could ever give. Not because that tree was special or magical, 
but because of the one crucified on that tree. Unlike Adam and Eve, Jesus never fell into temptation. He never sinned. He remained sin-free. He conquered the devil through the power of the word of God. He won the victory only to lose his life on the tree because of our sin. You may be familiar with, you may have read at one point or another, or seen the children's book, The Giving Tree. In that book, the sole purpose of the giving tree is to do just that, to give to the boy who's the main character in the story. But all the boy does is ask and take and receive. He sometimes even seems very sinful and selfish when he's doing all that. But the tree keeps on giving and giving and giving to the point of giving everything that it is and everything that it has. It even eventually allows the now grown man, boy, to cut it down and make a boat out of its wood and sail away. And all that's left of the tree is a stump. And yet even then, the tree keeps on giving because at the end of the story, the boy is now an old man and that stump is a place where he gets to sit and rest. What a picture of a Savior who provides the tree of life for us on the tree of the cross. Jesus left the tree of life in the paradise of heaven to come to this failing and falling earth. He became human so that he could do nothing but give. He gave health to the sick. He gave and gives forgiveness to sinners. He gave and gives love to the lonely. He gave and gives life to the dead. He gave his own life on the tree to crush the devil's head. And then he gave the gift of eternal life and rest through his own resurrection from the dead on Easter Day. All those who believe in Jesus as Savior receive all of his good gifts because he gave his life on the giving tree of the cross. And the forgiving fruit of that tree falls right directly to us, right here in this place. The fruit of that tree falls to our foreheads as water is splashed across them when we are baptized. The fruit of the tree falls into our ears when the word is preached It falls into our mouths when communion is given. The fruit enlivens our spiritual senses. It's pleasing to the eyes of faith. It's the most delicious thing that our soul has ever tasted. It is a gift that seals and confirms life forever, resting on the stump of the cross in the kingdom of God. Now, in this world, that tree, that giving tree, might look a a little bit like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree to those who don't understand, but to those of us who have been given the eyes to see, as Jesus says, we know that the tree of life and all of its fruit, given in the seemingly mundane gifts of word and sacrament, is for us the way to paradise where the tree of life stands forever. So what does all this mean now for 
Faith Lutheran Church in Bloomington, Indiana, and where we are right here and now in this point in time. Really, if you think about it, what we're doing as believers is we are all walking each other up to the gates of paradise as we make our way through these lives. We're walking each other there. And what we do is what Christ has called us to do right here and right now through this place called Faith Lutheran Church, which is in and of itself its own giving tree for the people and families who worship here, for our friends and neighbors, even for this community that surrounds. As you should know by now, because I know you all have it memorized, we proclaim and practice God's love with conviction and courage in our households, congregation, and beyond. So what that means is that now God is putting the world back together through us, through you, through this church. And so what do we do? We worship regularly the one who has given for us his life on the tree. We gather together for Bible study as we learn and share the truth of God's perfect word. We lovingly welcome one another in fellowship and even those who are not yet part of this fellowship as we show and share the love of Christ. We confidently share the good news of Jesus to those who, have not yet, who do not yet know him or who have fallen away. And we live out Christian service to others because Jesus has first served us to the point of giving his very life. I hope you'll join us after this service today where we will talk about these things in much more specific detail and learn about how your church, our church, this church is and will be doing that in the coming months and years. Because this is all what we do in the here and now. But one day, we will walk into that place, a place that defies even the description of the rabbis, and we will, with our own mouths, eat from the fruit of the tree of life that is in the paradise of God. The book of Revelation says this, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. That gift, I want to tell you today, is already yours because the victory has been won for you through the tree of the cross, the giving tree, the tree that keeps on giving every time you need forgiveness and love and life and hope and peace and salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in that very same Christ Jesus. Amen.